0: This podcast was brought to you by Spartan Sports. The running game. This is The Running Game, a rugby podcast that covers the sport from the ground up. I'm Tim Gilbert and I'm joined by my co-host, Matt Dunning. Now, Matt, you and I have had a half-hour discussion and you sound like you've had a coffee with about 14 different people this week. How many coffees do you have a day?
1: Mate, I have too many. Yeah, way too many, <laughs> mate. Um but, you know, it's uh, it keeps me going. You've got to have a way of living on four hours sleep.
0: Yes, you do, particularly when you've got your young kids and they keep you on your toes. Today we're going to have the director of rugby at the King's School, Stuart Woodhouse, with us, and the Western Force captain, Kyle Godwin. Matty what about nutrition in the game of Rugby Union what about how things have changed since you were playing these days it's uh, protein bars keeping yourself hydrated doctors physios uh, medical staff uh, as long as you're arm yeah mate it's uh, it is very
1: professional these days and I like to see myself as a bit of a pioneer I think I was the first of sort of uh, force feeding at four in the morning I used to do plenty of that you know every eating every two hours I was expert at that so uh,
0: I used to see myself as a pioneer in the industry yeah well what about uh, what about that story with your, your fruit salad and Eddie Jones? Yeah, mate, Eddie was was, was right on me this, I think it was
1: World Cup 2003, he was right on me about my weight, he wanted me to play at, uh, it might sound heavy, but he wanted me to play at 118 down from 120-odd and uh, he was strict on my food and he'd walk past me and check and, and I love my ice cream, I always love my ice cream and I, he virtually ruled it out. So I used to uh, hide the ice cream under the fruit salad and just, Picked a bit of watermelon up, have a couple of scoops and put it back down. And uh, it was a bit of a running joke. And uh, after the World Cup and we had a big thing after it, uh, Eddie, Eddie tapped me in the shoulder and he goes, mate, you looks so stupid. I know about that
0: ice cream. You're an idiot. While we're on the subject, uh, look, it, it is an interesting one that you know you, you you've got to be the only forward that's ever decided to lose weight and get fit after he finished. <laughs> Very much
1: so, Tim. Yeah, no, Phil Wars—that's his opening line at public speaking. Now I'm the first professional athlete to lose weight, get fit, and get off the grog after they retired, and uh, he's uh, he thinks he's quite funny. But uh, look, mate. Uh, it's funny when I, I I love I love rugby and, and all everything about rugby. I love touring. I loved after match functions and I loved it and and I think I was in the right era. And you know, um, the best thing about touring and you know being a bigger guy was uh, you know the camaraderie. But the other thing was I hated flying. I hated flying as when I was young. And um, but the first trip to South Africa I vividly remember uh, with the Waratahs. I was pumped for. I was so excited and. Everyone's said, why are you so excited? I, go, I get to fly business class. I'd never done that before. You know, a kid who'd grown up in Barara. So instead of being last one on the plane, I was first one on the plane. Yeah, yeah. I went straight up, and you know, those pyjamas you get in the business class lounge, and it says one yeah. size fits all. That's not true. One size fits most, I think, because um, I had this midriff-like top on, and I'm sitting there. Mate, I'm sitting there in in, in business class. I'm first on. I've got a white wine, a red wine, a beer. I've got a bread roll. I've got a a pastry. I've got everything in front of me. And in those days, had my sleeping tablets too. I was ready for a great trip. And people are walking past the aisle, looking at me, going, "Look at this slob! Is he a professional athlete? What's going on here, anyway?" The stewardess comes up to me and goes, would you like the paper, sir? I said, oh, you know, which one would you like? And I, I saw the Australian. I said, no way. I saw the Herald and went, nah. And then I saw the Telegraph. That's perfect for me. Plenty of pictures. So I, I grabbed the Telegraph and I'm reading, start at the back and I open the back page and see a bit of an article on league and turn the back and then there's one on rugby and it goes uh, on sport, actually. It said the BMI index and, and sporting uh, rugby players. And the alarm bells rang straight away, the BMI index, in short, height for weight. So I know I'm in trouble here already. So I read this article, and I keep reading the article, and they say, on the BMI index, uh, Phil War is obese. I went, I'm in massive trouble. And then the next one said, Nathan Hindmarsh is obese. I went, I'm in trouble. And it said, David Lyons is obese. thought well, that's fair enough. He's a big guy. But anyway, I kept reading this article, and I dodged a bullet. I wasn't in it. So I went, this is Fantastic went off to sleep and then I, I sort of woke up a few hours later and I, I sensed all these people around me with their eyes open and they're laughing and I, I wake up and there's all the boys laughing and they've they've drawn all over my face with tomato sauce and condiments and all that sort of stuff you do when you're touring. <laughs> they love doing that sort of stuff and they, they tip water on my uh, on my crotch to make, you know, be thought they were hilarious. Anyway, they kept laughing and laughing. I said, <laughs> you do this every flight. It's not that funny. Anyway... So they keep laughing. They said, did you read the, the article? I said, yeah, I read the article. And Phil, because Phil was there, I said, Phil, you were in it. And Dave, Lino, you were in it. W- I wasn't in it. And they said, you didn't read the last paragraph, did you, Tucky? And I said, no. Nah. So I grabbed the last paragraph and they watched me as I read it. And it said, and the BMI index, we're, were able to find one rugby player who was morbidly obese. <laughs> no,
0: Oh, I love it. Yeah, I'm glad you can last, Tim. It was. Oh. Uh, you you got to laugh, otherwise you cry. Oh well, boy, that's coming from me. I'm fading away to a block of flats over here, and I'm looking at you. You're as fit as fit, Maddie. That is a beautiful story. We'll get more of the war stories as we continue on the running game. Coming up next, Stuart Woodhouse, the rugby director at the King School. <music> One part of the uh, system of rugby that's very, very strong is the school system, and it's uh, look. It's great to have the director of rugby from the King's School, Stuart Woodhouse, with us today on the show. How are you, Stuart?
2: Good, Tim. Thank you. Thanks for having me.
1: G'day, Stuart. Great to great to speak to you again. Um, long times we played together, as people might know, and you even coached me at Eastwood. Obviously, the King School, great year last year. Let's get straight off the beat. You, you won the GPS. Mate, what do you put that down to and, and, and why are Kings so strong at rugby at the moment?
2: Oh, look, I think it's a um, culmination of a few things. Uh, we're really fortunate to have a fantastic uh, group of teachers who then back up to be coaches um, and run the program. So I'm, I'm fortunate enough, um, Patty Ilgendorf is the MIC of rugby. Um, Patty's, so essentially that's the head of all the rugby in terms of you know, admin and things like that into, into organisation of teams. My role as the director of rugby or director of coaching is essentially just the player development and then looking after 60-odd coaches, external in, and teachers. And then the first team, uh, we're fortunate enough to have uh, Jimmy Hilgendorf, you know, obviously a former super rugby player, and and Huey Perrett, which are one of the best captains ever to to go around, uh, especially of you know, numerous premierships with Eastwood. So, look, it's a combination of that. You know, it's good people with a passion for rugby um, and also a passion for de- developing young men. Um, and look, that's there's no secret. That's a success.
0: 60 coaches. That's just a, a little bit of an insight into how vast the rugby system is. Can, can you tell us in your words about the system that's in place?
2: So essentially, um, you know, 31 teams we have, it, it fluctuates anywhere between 32 to 36, you know, depending on your, your it may not be rugby boys that choose to do it. You know, soccer and rugby in winter are our main winter sports, but there's other sort of minor sports in the school. And I say minor, just by population in terms of there's volleyball, there's badminton. Um, and then obviously, you know, we'll have a short five-round five, five round season against all the GPS teams. But leading up to that, we have, um, you know, anywhere up to you know, nine trial games, six to nine trial games. Um, in, in in around that, there be tours for different age groups. Uh, and in and around that, there's camps in holidays that we put on for sort of, you know, performance teams, which are A and B teams of our 14s and 15s, 16s up to opens, and, you know, 1s and 2s and 3s are in camp. So, uh, it may be, you know, only, only sort of a six-month season of school, but essentially it's 12 months of planning and, and, and doing. So, it's, um and look, it's keeping rugby alive. I, I'm i a public school boy who, um you know, who went to a CHS school on Central Coast, but this school invests in rugby. It's, it's, it keeps the game going. It's, um, and good people, you know, good people involved who love the game, want to see the game flourish. So um, that's how we're operating. Um, uh, and look, it's – and on top of that, I've got staff who who love the game as well, who may not be the great – you know, may not be uh, – have all the technical knowledge, but they're passionate about young men, passionate about rugby. Um, and so all I do is put a layer of technical and tactical and, and tell them how to do it and how to coach. So,
1: Stewie, you're obviously very qualified. You've been involved in rugby at all levels. That's what I love about you. You've, you know, you've played at the game at at, at first grade level. You, you've you've you you've played. You've coached. You've been in the, the the public, the private school system. You know, you've been part of Australian rugby framework for years. And obviously, at the moment, you know, the game's taking a a little bit of a battering from different people. And I'd just like to hear your perspective on where the game is at the moment and, and how, how we can improve it and, and and maybe not bring it back to where it was, but just get it back up and, and get rugby back in the forefront where, where where we love it so much.
2: We've got to stop talking the game down. I know there's obviously clear there's problems, um, but, you know, the amount of things you go to and say, oh, gee, rugby's at this point, rugby at this, this point. I heard Dan McKellis talk about the other day about, you know, we've got to start believing that we win games at test level. Um, that's also going to happen elsewhere. The game's relatively flourishing at, 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 at GPS level. And again, um, I went out and did a bit of a trip because we couldn't travel. I went out west, uh, well, southwest, and went through the River there And club rugby's strong and th- thriving and vibrant, you know, in terms of, you know, the, the old stuff of you, you play and you go back to the pub afterwards. I saw that. I went to training. I took a training run down at Burua. um It's there, you know. I think we've just got to hear good stories. I think – Systemically, you know, from someone like me who's a level four coach, I did my level four, and then there was no pathway, you know. To, so, um, I think we've got to be better at, you know, good coach, good Aussie coaches all around the world. I, I started my career in England. The amount of Aussie coaches who are just plying their trade at, at Div One, Div Two, in the Premiership, we're all out there, and I think somehow we've got to find pathways to bring them through. Um, well, I don't know what that model looks like, but no one ever made contact. No one ever invited me to to do this. Robbie Deans did back when I first came back to West Harbour to coach. Robbie Deans asked us to come and, and come to training regularly, and and took the time to ask our opinions, of what we saw, and feed some information to him. Um, and I thought that was innovative, you know. And I think um, I think in that pathway we dropped the ball. But that, look, I'm on the outside. I'm not in the. I'm on the periphery. I'm not in the middle. They may be doing that, but you know, no one's ever ask my opinion. I've never seen a, had a survey. No one's ever asked. Um, so I think maybe if we can get our coaching pathway, um, you know, and getting some of these good young coaches back into our system. You know, Daniel Helengar, you know, who's over in, you know, in Auckland. You know, why, why are we letting boys like that be over in Auckland? You know, why aren't we going to be in our pathway? There's so much IP that's left this place. Um, again, but look, it's I'm on the periphery, so, I, you know, I could be saying the wrong things, but it's, I think that's one area we've got to improve on.
0: I don't think there's anything wrong when it comes to that kind of stuff, Stuart. It, it is basically, uh, you know, it's the old brainstorming ideas, isn't it? Because, uh, look, it's not too far away from being successful and uh, a positive attitude at every level is what helps everyone and no matter what walk of life you're in. Uh, Joseph Suwali, I was at a New South Wales Rugby League presentation day and his dad came up to me and I didn't know much about him. It was a few years ago, but very, very impressive. His parents and the young guy. Tell us what uh, your insights are into this uh, this prodigious precocious talent that uh, has had so much uh, headlines already, and he's still a teenager.
2: Oh look, the first thing he's just a fantastic young man. I've I've had a lot to do with him. Last year he sort of sat out, you know, obviously sat out a bit of the uh, sat out the season, and he worked with me with a um, fifteen a's. I, you know, although I'm looking after all the coaches, I still jump in and coach, not to lose any of my sort of skills. But um, he helped me out. But look. What, what, what people just see, they see the producer's talent on the rugby field. But but he's he's a leader of people at the school. Um, he'll do no task of the school is is too small for him. He, you know, in year ten he's looking after the year sevens um, in our Gowan Bray, which is a boarding house, and he'd be uh, one of the boys looking, you know, who'd, who'd sleep up there, you know, just just mentor them. Um, look, he's a prodigious talent in rugby league, rugby. I mean, he's incredible. At Year seven, I thought, he, you know, potentially he was the best basketball in the school. Um, even boys who are you know who are here for who who want to play you know, basketball only he was he, look he's incredible talent and these sort of kids are generational so you know I hear this thought sort of, uh, will he live out the talent I have no doubt I've seen it because I've seen his work ethic I've seen he, when you when you speak to him he's he's a, he's a, he's a, a grown up man in a in a young guy's body you know he's um he's he knows his path he knows where he's going um, and look I just you know for me I hope. I hope injury his injury gets injury free through it through a career because, um, I think we're really going to enjoy the next you know fourteen years of this boy whether it sticks in league whether he transitioned across to to union you know he still loves union it's still a passion of his he, you know and much as he loves league um, I just want to see fourteen years out of him and just you know enjoy the time of watching this man um, but look if you t- if you get the opportunity to speak to him you'll be impressed just how what a you know cracking young man he is. Mm. Um, away, from, away from rugby. Take that away. He's just a caring. He's a, his empathy. Um, in, in my time of even a little bit of teaching I do at the school at times, you know, he, he'll sit next to a boy that's not popular. He he, he just takes the time to look after the to, to the the vulnerable in the group. He's just yeah. He's just got so many good qualities. So. I just hope for him, he just excels in his life because he's just yeah, just a top fella.
1: That's awesome, Stu. It's good to hear that insight. You don't hear that insight day to day in the press. It's all about performance. It's good to hear the insight of, uh, sounds like a, a, a great young man and uh, who can play football.
2: Yeah, you and I would have met many guys who have got incredible talent, but they're just not nice people. You know, they're just, you yeah. think... You know, you, you, you play with him because you have to, but no, he's got everything. So, I, you know, I, I I judge him on his person, you know, personality and, he, and his his values before I judge him on his on his, his sporting career. Yeah, but you're so you're a great judge
1: of talent. You've been involved in rugby, as we said for for years. How do you see the talent in you know in in clubs, in schools, you know, in grade? How do you see our our talent coming through? Have have, have we got have we got the cattle? Are the kids doing? We, you know, they're obviously bigger, faster, stronger, but how are
2: they? Yeah, look, oh, you know what? They, the talent's there. I think the coaching's got better. I think um, that may be, <laughs> may be overcoached, but, but you know, you, you you and I probably remember when we were kids, you know, you just turned up and played under 14s, 15s, 13s. Um, you weren't told how to to run a shape or how to tackle. Te- Technically-wise, you just tackle bags for the sake of tackling. They're getting better coached. So, look, there's talents there. Um, definitely uh, they're getting well coached. Uh, I think stocks are good. I think the challenge is always, like, when our boys are leaving here, um, you know, although predominantly Eastwood boys, Huey, um, Patty and uh, and Jimmy, predominantly Eastwood people in the club, we just want to see them playing some sort of sport. So we want them to, yeah, you know, ideally want them to stay in rugby, but some of these boys go and play league. Um, some of these boys will go and play maybe AFL. It's the challenge of how we keep them into rugby. So hopefully, you know, <laughs> It's good to see club rugby now back in the forefront. Having a stand, I think that's really the amount of people I've spoken to who are watching stand, just watching club footy, I actually think that'll track boys back to rugby. I think, um, look, at 18, 19, 20, there's a bit of vanity there. People want to be on TV. So I think um, we're heading in the right direction of possibly lose, We would have lost boys out of rugby. I think they'll stay. I think Colts rugby will thrive again. Um, you know, there's more stuff online now. Uh, so talent's there, talent's definitely there uh, you know I, we can't control what AFL are doing but I think there's enough talent coming through our, our GPS systems, uh, Joey's got an incredible program Scott's got an incredible, there's so many talented kids, it's now up to, up to rugby at that 7 and 8 year to pick them out, I think, um, look there's a different conversation in terms of these academies and the Waratahs academies, that's not for me I think um, I think the jobs will be done with club rugby to, to to pick these guys and keep them in their in their system.
0: Stuart, uh, I'd love to get you back on the podcast and talk to resilience and talk to the importance of, of this game. You know, like I never played it. I was a, a boy who grew up in Guildford. It was only ever rugby league, Patrician Brothers, Fairfield. But now I've got boys playing rugby, and I can see the I can see what it offers away from from the football field. So I'd love to talk to you more to that. But uh, mate, thanks for coming on the running game.
2: Oh, fantastic! Thanks, James, for having me. Thoroughly enjoyed it, and uh, bleed blue for the Kings this year, huh? Eh?
0: Thanks, you Back to back, mate.
2: <laughs> yeah, tough task, but we'll we'll give it a go.
0: Coming up on the running game, what a win it was for the Western Force over the Reds. We've got their captain, Kyle Godwin. What an amazing game it was, Western Force. They went into the game against the Reds as underdogs and they got the chocolates. It is great to have one of those players from the Force, Kyle Godwin, on the line. How are you, Kyle?
3: Hey, gents, how are you? Thank you very much for having me on the show.
1: Thanks for coming on, Kyle. What a week. People might know, but we sort of played together when you first started out at the force, and I was uh finishing up because the body was letting me down. And uh, mate, what a week! You know, the Western Force supporters are better than no there's no one. better. How's it been been able to deliver for them this year and, and make finals?
3: Oh, it's huge. Um, yeah, it's, obviously, it's been something that the Western Force has never really been able to achieve, and to be part of the team that's done that and made a bit of history for them is just truly humbling. But um, yeah, uh, like you said. Tucky, there, the, the sea of blue are probably the most loyal, most passionate um, fans in the world, you know, we honestly would be lost without them. So their support is tremendous. And, and obviously the the sense
0: of belief inside the team last week and the celebration afterwards, after what had been such a, a difficult 24 to 36 hours with Western Australia
3: going into lockdown, uh, it was high drama. It was a little bit, actually, I think during because we were finding out during the day of the game, like at, at, at some stages, we were thinking potentially the game would be caught off, and obviously none of the boys wanted that to happen. We were pretty raring to go and ready to take on the Reds. Um, but yeah, it, it was a bit of a roller coaster. But in saying that, um, we spoke about it in pre-season that there would be roadblocks, and I think most people are used to it now with the whole COVID situation. You know, anything can happen. Um, so hats off to the boys. You know, they're definitely and they're definitely ad- adapted well to the the circumstances and to the Reds as well. You know, they are obviously put in the same predicament as. As us and um, yeah, no. So I hope, I'm glad that it was a good, well fought contest, and everyone got through it alright. And touch wood, no one's got COVID as well. What's been the difference this year? Obviously, the Force have been
1: you know been around for a while now, but this year just there's something different. Like whenever when I played the Force, and the Force, you know, you win the close one, you lose the you lose the close one. But this this year, you've you've been consistent. Even the games you got beaten, you've you've been. You've been you've been stoic, you know. Is it is
3: that to do with Tim Sampson or is it the team? What is it this year, Carl? Yeah, definitely. Oh, Sambo's been great for us, uh, leading from the front there, um, and it's been a, a huge squad mentality. I think I feel, and um, as much as we've got s- some old wise heads in the in the team that probably need wheelchairs after a game because they're so busted up and sore, but they've been huge for us. Um, the likes of Greg Holmes, Jeremy Thrush, Rishi Kahui. Um, players like that, you know, they've been just so instrumental in guiding us and composing us on the field. Um, it's it's been a massive squad effort, um, and the beauty is, I think we 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 all trust and believe that we that we belong in this competition. And for us to put ourselves in the position to where we are now, it's just yeah, hats off to that. But yeah, we're we're really keen to just keep on growing and keep on building this momentum. You know, we we're, we're not satisfied at all, and we want to continue to build this.
0: Kyle, you've had a taste. Look, Obviously, you played uh, for the Australian under-20 side. You have had a Wallaby cap. Do you still have that thirst, that hunger for uh, getting back to national representation?
3: Oh, of course, yeah. Um, I, I would, I'd love to be able to play for Australia again. That's obviously a dream of mine. But at this stage, you know, that kind of stuff I always feel like will take care of itself. Uh, for me, it's just trying to put my best forward and making sure I'm preparing well and playing well for the Western Force and hopefully we're winning games as well and that kind of thing, um, as, as much as it is a dream, it's, um, I feel like that will um, take care of itself. Kyle, playing with uh,
1: Kunandrani, I think he's been epic for you guys this year and uh, I don't know what the program says his weight's at, but gee, I reckon he was he, he's tipping the scales a bit heavy this year and gee, he's damaging. How's it been playing with a, an older guy outside you? Because you're playing great. How's it been
3: playing with uh, Kunandrani? Oh no! I, I, I've loved playing with T. I, I had the privilege of playing with him when I was at the Brumbies. Um, yeah, he he's a big man, and when he gets going, he's hard to stop. So it's been, it's great for him to be on on my side, not on the opposition side. Um, no, he's been tremendous for us. Um, he's he's a big he's a big body, and he's he's a mature he- head now. So he, you know, I think he's got seventy odd Wallaby caps to his name, and he's. Close to 150 super caps, I'm pretty sure. One of the boys was saying the other day. So he just brings a world of experience. And, um, yeah, he's just a quality player. To have him in our team is just, yeah. Unfortunately, we've lost him for the next couple of weeks because of the tip tackle there. But the, the beauty of our squad and what uh Hojo's done, which is so great, is that we've got such depth in the squad. So we've got some some other guys pushing their ha- putting their hand up as well who are going to be able to just do the job for us as well.
1: I take your point. I think, I think that what I heard you say earlier with the force is you've got a real good balance of age, uh, middle and experience. You know, like you've got that real good mix and I think a lot of teams don't have that. And I reckon it's a real key to the, the performance this year. You've, you've got some old heads and you've got the mix right and I think successful teams have got that. So this week, taking that into the Brumbies who are obviously the best Australian franchise uh, over the time, how do you beat them? How do you beat the Brumbies this week?
3: Yeah, it's, it, it, it's a good question you asked there, Taki. You know, they're as you say they're 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 a quality opposition, and in Super Rugby history, they've been the most successful Australian uh, team. So we're going up against the best. You know, the boys are excited by that challenge. Um, for us, we we know that they're 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 a clinical, structured um, team that obviously have. Serious weapons such as their maul and obviously they've got some threats out wide as well. So for us to try and mitigate that, but the main focus on us is to make sure that we, um, you know, we execute our our role and our and our game plan uh, to the best of our ability. But yeah, it's going to be a big challenge. But like I said before, we're super excited about this one. You know, Kyle,
0: what's your report card on the game of rugby from a player's perspective? Because there's been so much talk about, you know, what's right, what's wrong, what challenges there are. There's been some ups and downs from inside. I know that you're a little bit sort of separated in the sense that you're in, in Western Australia, but you're still right in the middle of it.
3: Obviously, it's the game that's played in heaven. We all know that. It's a, it's a beautiful game. Uh, I'm glad it is played up there because w- we'd all be lost without it. But um, um, yeah, I know it's it, it's obviously Australia has probably gone through a bit of a rough period in that sense. Uh, as players, we don't, tend to f- focus on that too much but um uh what i can say is i did read an article the other day of some interesting stats on um the participation and the viewing in stan so um i think those numbers are up over 100% so i think what we're the product that we're producing here and the, the quality of play is actually really improving in australia and i think we've got some some really good guys in the, in the governing side, and then obviously you've got some quality coaches at a national national level and in a domestic level, which is actually helping grow the game. So, I I feel personally that I'm very optimistic about the way Australian rugby is going and in the direction it's going. Um, I think we've got a, a bright future ahead of us.
1: And mate, the captaincy obviously a uh, a little bit new. I'm, excuse me if I'm wrong. Have you enjoyed captaining a such an experienced uh, side and uh, have
3: you enjoyed the personalities and, and, and that, that that challenge? Yeah, it's uh, yeah, you knocked it on the head there, it's, it's It's been a challenge for me. Um, I've just got thrust into that. Um, it doesn't come naturally to me, but like I said before, it's the job's been made so much easier for me because I've just had all the, the experience around me. Um, you know, I'm always looking to the likes of thrushy, Greg Holmes, Ian Pryor, when he's on the field, Kahui, all the all the likes of those boys, you know, Thomas Gabelli, who just brings such a world of experience, and you know their, their composure just really helps me in 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 that area. Mate, made humil I think your humility is a massive one, mate, and you've got that in spades. So, mate, don't
1: don't sell yourself short. I think you're a tremendous leader. You mightn't lead the same as some guys, but you definitely lead. I think I think you've done a, a phenomenal job. Humility and and leading by action is.
0: I reckon your best traits. I think you did a great
1: job. Uh,
3: Cheers, Tucky. Appreciate that, mate. Thank you very much. Kyle,
0: just finally, uh, look, we've got a bit of a family touch with Africa. My father-in-law was uh, born and raised in Botswana. You were born in uh, Zimbabwe. Is there still strong ties with Africa?
3: Uh, There is. uh, Not as much anymore. Um, I've obviously still got quite a lot of family there. I had um, both sets of grandparents were living in Cape Town uh, since... Well, I mean, they've been in there since Independence, uh, 1980, both both sets in South Africa. So we used to go, a lot of Christmas holidays were spent down in the Cape Town, which is not a bad place. It's like you would know of, obviously, touring with the Wallabies and the Waratahs there. Um, it's a great p- part of the world. So had some great memories uh, being back in Africa, you know. Um, yeah, and obviously I was born in Zimbabwe and spent my first eight, nine years there. So yeah, I definitely got a bit of an African touch to me, but I would... Definitely consider myself a true good Australian
1: now. Timmy would have fitted right in on those Cape Town tours, uh, Kyle. He would be outstanding.
3: He, he... There's, there's some good trips. <laughs> uh, Probably stories trips. not for this podcast.
0: Definitely. Uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll do an uncut version. Look, all the best this weekend, Kyle. Congratulations on the success of the force and your captaincy. and uh, Go get them. Uh, cheers, gents. Thank you very much for having me on the show. Go. That's it for The Running Game this week. We'll be with you every week with more rugby chat and great interviews. Follow us on your favourite podcast app so you don't miss it. A big thank you today, of course, goes to Stuart Woodhouse and to Kyle Godwin. A thank you to Spartan Sports and our wonderful producer, Dan McHugh. See you next week, Maddie. See you, Tim. Awesome show. Thanks.